The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and I am coming to you. We are coming to you live from many different places this morning. <laughs> I am in a room in my home and uh, our guest this morning for Ask Dr. Doreen, Dr. Doreen Grampiche will be coming to you live from a, a room in her home. And our producer is in yet a third location. So, and then all of you are wherever you are and together we are doing this together. Thrilled to be here with you this morning. Thrilled to be able to be here with you this morning. You know, we've been saying since this great isolation of 2020 happened that we're just gonna keep on as long as the internet uh, has a way for us to be live with you. We are going to be here Monday through Friday and we're live all the time right now. So thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here with you. And uh, I just, you know, gave it away that on Wednesday, it's my favorite day of the week, right? Because we have Dr. Doreen Grandpichet live with us. Uh, it is uh, extra special today for many different reasons. Today is the first day of April. And I don't know if you read the New York Times this morning, but April Fools has been canceled along with a lot of other things, right? But it's the one thing we really can have canceled. Um, but April is Autism Awareness Month. And, um, you know, that is not canceled. Uh, that is never canceled. We're going to do things in a different way. And I love how the autism community is rising to this challenge. So uh, we're thrilled Dr. Grampiche is going to be joining us at any second. She's going to be answering your questions in real time. I am um, trying every day, every show to give you guys something to do, something that helps to pass the time, something that helps to reduce the anxiety, something to do with your kiddos or something to do just for yourself. So um, today our, you know, just one thing, just one thing to do tip is to grow something. Gro oh, I'm hearing myself back, Traven. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea why that's happening. But if we can stop it, it will help me a lot. <laughs> can you guys hear the echo? No. I'm going to at least turn it down. Uh, if not, turn it off. In any case, uh, I have no idea why it's doing that, Traven. Is it on my end? I'll bet I know why. I'll bet I know why. Hold on, you guys. <sighs> Technology. You know, I know somebody had written in the other day and said that they could hear me sighing. There we go. I found it. It was on my side. It wasn't Traven. It was on my side. Uh, but somebody said they could hear me sighing. And I want you to know that the sigh is always about the technology. <laughs> the technology. But anyway, our tip for this morning is to grow something. Now, if you have uh, a backyard, front yard, whatever, uh, or a flower pot, and you have access to seeds because you already have them, or you can order them for from a place like Amazon, 
uh, what a great thing to do is to order some seeds and grow something. You know, our, our grandparents and great grandparents parents had something called a victory garden where they would put in a small plot of vegetables and grow vegetables, but you can also grow flowers. Now, if you don't have access to seeds and you, don't, you live in an apartment, you don't have access and you don't have a pot, you don't have soil and you don't want to go to the store right now to get them. I want you to know that there are other ways and other things that you can grow. If you've had the opportunity to have any kind of a fresh vegetable at all, most fresh fresh vegetables, um, rather than throwing away uh, the vegetable, you can take whatever part was growing, stick it in just a little bit of water. Can you see here that um, we, we had some romaine lettuce and I took the very end of it and I sliced off the end. The end looks like that, but I sliced off that brown part um, that it came with so that it was fresh and white, stuck it in water. And I've got two heads of romaine lettuce growing here and one of iceberg lettuce. And it's, you know, when I put it in there, there was just basically nothing to it, but they're growing. And every day I get to look at it and it's super fun. We also have this with potatoes. You know how you go to use one of your potatoes and it's got the little shoot coming off of it and you want to cut that off. Well, when you do cut that off, cut a little bit more off, stick that in a little bit of water and you will have potato plants. You know, the Martian uh, with Matt Damon, grow potatoes, be like the Martian. Now, I've got one more thing here uh, in my mason jar. My, do you like my props? I'm growing some broccoli sprouts. If you have any... Um, or you can, if you have the opportunity to order these, these are great because I'll show you in a couple of more days, this will be filled with really healthy uh, broccoli sprouts. They're super cheap to grow. You just have to soak them for eight hours and then you rinse them every day. Now I have a little screen here, but you could put a piece of fabric in a mason jar or in a regular cup and just strain them every day. You have to rinse them every day and then let the water drain out. But this will be filled with uh, something really help, healthy for you to eat. As we have a little bit harder time getting fresh groceries, that might be a super project for you, for your kids. And then you just sprinkle them on whatever you're eating. Um, and they're, they're healthy, they're tasty, they're crunchy and uh, super fabulous for you. And you can grow it right on your counter. But what's fun is that your kiddos can look at it every day and it gets a little bit higher. It kind of gets exciting. And for me, it helps to measure the passage of time and to show that things are growing, things are moving. It's a very mentally healthy thing for me, the garden. So do what you can, grow what you can, have an experiment. Take the top, if you've got a pineapple, take the top of that. Have your kids say, what could we possibly grow and have experiments. If you can get a hold of some bean seeds, this, that's what most uh, grade schools would have been doing right now with little kids is growing bean seeds. You can grow them in a Dixie cup with a little paper towel dipped in water. I know I get excited, Dr. Grampichet. There she is. There's Dr. Grampichet. Um, I, I know you love to grow things, right? You're, you're a gardener. I do. And I have, and good morning, everyone. And I, uh, have the entire front of my house is uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to start uh, growing uh, succulents. And succulents are a lot of fun because you just grow a tiny, you put a tiny plant in and before you know it, it's huge and uh, very easy to maintain. And, uh, you know, I hate it when my plants die, but with the succulents, I've been successful. It is definitely a fun thing to do and uh, a peaceful uh, wonderful thing right now. I guess 
for me, I honestly, it, uh, I've become way more busy than, than before. Uh, it's, I'm pretty much doing calls and meetings and shows and whatever else I can do all day long. And then if I have a moment of freedom, then my kids are home, obviously. So then I am also, I read some comments on here and I know a lot of parents are experiencing the same thing. It's like, you pretty much now have to go back to, you know, my kids are grown, but like we have now five people here and laundry and cooking and dinner and breakfast and keeping the house clean. And, you know, so chores have increased. And then so for me, my piece, my moment of which I make sure I do is uh, walking the dogs. And yeah. I love walking the dogs and I have three dogs. So I basically will go on at least two walks a day. Um, so that's good. That Everybody needs to find something that's going to yeah. bring them a little bit of sanity right now because we really need it. Absolutely. So, so thrilled to have you here. And uh, we, you know, normally we run this whole thing about Ask Dr. Doreen, but, you know, it's so complicated right now. So I don't think we'll do that, Draven. Um, but I, I do want to welcome Dr. Grampy Shea back to the show. She's here with us whenever she can. She is working, I know, around the clock. And it, it is a little bit, it's so interesting. It seems like there's like four different pockets of people in, in this isolation. There are people who are by themselves and don't have kiddos, right? And so they're trying to take care of the boredom. Then there are people who have kiddos and, and the cooking and the cleaning and the taking care of the kids is just such a full-time job, right? And, and there are different considerations. Then there are people who have kiddos with special needs. That's a very special consideration. And then there are people who are attempting to work and do all of those things. I know people with special needs kids who are trying to work from home are busier than ever having to keep, like even ordering groceries right now is, is like a full-time job, right? trying to find a delivery date or how to get them. It, it, you know, there's a lot going on. So everybody, even in my household, we have different, cause you know, my husband is largely off of work right now. I am largely not off of work. <laughs> so we have to figure out how to balance everybody's lives. Right. Dr. Grampuchet. It's, it's interesting. If nothing else, we keep looking for the things to be grateful for in it. And I, and I said to my husband this morning, I was like, well, we don't have any right to complain. I'm, you know, locked in a house with my two favorite people and I get to do a very rewarding job. I don't, I don't get to complain about anything and every, and the most important thing right now, knock on every kind of wood there is, everybody's healthy. Uh, so I'm going to take my gratitude where I can. Um, right. But you're here with us and you are an expert in the field of autism. You are, I believe, the preeminent expert in our time and there is no other time for autism. It's always such a thrill to have you here. I always say that I believe that I know that you're a visionary, that I, I have seen you look around a corner and see what's coming. And nobody could have looked around this corner, but you have been doing a great job of even in your retirement, coming back and helping us all to keep the wheels on and make sure that families are getting help. And in this hour, you're gonna be answering questions live. People can be writing in, uh, in all the ways that we are live. You can write in on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter. And of course, people have sent in questions in anticipation of it. And we've got some stuff coming in on Facebook that I'll get to in a second. 
But Dr. Grampy-Shea, you should know that last Friday on Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, Nancy Allspot Jackson was with us and we were talking about telehealth and telehealth for autism. Nancy shared that she is continuing to get in-home services from CARD and how grateful she is for that. But we encouraged her to try at least one telehealth appointment during this week so that she could check in with us on Friday to tell us what it was like for her. So, but a parent wrote in since then and said, telehealth, hi, Shannon, I wanted to reach out that my BCBA is now doing one hour sessions five days a week. And this person said, so exciting with an exclamation point. My seven-year-old has worked it out really well. Ironically, his behavior improved by day two, really. It really grounds him for the day. We have a schedule and his, uh, and his starts his day. I really recommend it. And they said, good luck, Nancy, you've got this. And thanks for all that you do. And I just, I, I wanted to read that and have you talk a little bit about, you know, telehealth and how that's happening. And our next question is also about telehealth. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, so the, it's important to, uh, there's there's certain features and we can't just call it all telehealth because there's several different things that we do through telehealth. So uh, first of all, yes, I do want to reiterate to all of our viewers that we at CARD at least are continuing. We've never stopped. We are doing in-home services. We did not stop. We are exempt. In fact, not only are we exempt, we are asked very specifically to continue providing help to our families because the service that we provide is considered medical necessity and everything that's medical necessity is healthcare. So we are uh, classified as some of those healthcare providers who need to continue going to the homes. So uh, we have been, our process has been, we will ask families if they're comfortable uh, for us to go to the home and then we will reach out to our uh, therapists and ask them if they're comfortable because we really don't want to force anyone to do anything they don't want to do. So, and wherever possible, if we have therapists and we have families, we pair them up and then the children are receiving ongoing services. Now, where that isn't possible for one reason or another, we will do telehealth. and. Our telehealth services are currently of three different types. So one is what this mom refers to, which is supervision perhaps. And that is the supervisor, the BCBA, uh, will do telehealth with the child and the parent and will discuss activities that they can do at home and, and so on and so forth. A lot of our BCBAs are actually doing therapy as well during this hour. Uh, or, or two hours or three hours, whatever we're able to book. Uh, the, the second thing is we're doing a lot of parent training. And I, I know for those parents who are super busy right now, it doesn't make any sense. But those who have any time at all, if you're not working, for instance, or if your work schedule has lightened up, this is the time to catch up on your parent training, obviously, because uh, you have a little bit more time. And we certainly have the ability to provide that and payers, all of the insurance companies are authorizing an endless number of parent training hours. They want us to really kick into gear with parent training. 
So that is the second thing. And the third service is uh, therapy itself, is therapy via telehealth. And obviously some of our children will not be eligible or won't benefit from this. So if it's a child, I read a couple of comments over the last week, like there was a parent who said, I don't know if I can do this because my child, as soon as he turns on the computer or as soon as I set it up, and as soon as he sees his therapist, he runs away. And, and so there are certain cases where we will definitely need help. Uh, we've done a whole training that exists, which is called uh, doing telehealth with the facilitator in place. And that would be anyone, a parent, a sibling, a helper, someone who is in the home who can help us just keep the child's attention focused on what is going on on the screen. And then the therapist runs through their programming and the programs have all been modified. I wanna say that too. Uh, all of the programs have been turned into visual programs, easier levels of programming. We're not placing massive demands. We're making the sessions a lot of fun. Uh, lots and lots of reinforcers have uh, thrown in. And all of this because we don't want to evoke challenging behavior in the home and then kind of let, let you deal with it, right? So that's not right. So essentially the, the therapy telehealth has taken on a different form. Now with all the modifications, there's still other uh, children or adults uh, who, who just won't benefit from it because uh, first of all, there's a whole group of people who don't have access through, through a computer or an iPad or internet. Uh, I am separately through my nonprofit organization, ACT, we're trying to fund that. Uh, Shannon, I don't know if you, you know, but uh, the board, I got the board to approve that we will be handing out, we will be spending $60,000 now for families to ACT, and some of that just uh, helping purchasing iPads, uh, things like that, but some of it will just be food cards and, and uh, grocery cards and so on. But that is not- That's I, amazing. Um, Thank I, you for that. that absolutely, and I'm very excited about it and I'll talk to you about it. We're just modifying yeah. the website right now to uh, allow people to request this money. So that, that aside, um, for, our, for some of our kids, they are aggressive, for instance, and, you know, I read an email that you had sent and honestly, if it's a child who under or adult under normal circumstances would require two behavior therapists uh, to do anything, it would probably be best right now not to attempt to push that individual too much because you don't have experts in the house managing the behavior. So for some of our individuals, it's just not possible. Let's say they cannot pay attention to the screen and so on. Our clinical team is one by one, our supervisors are one by one evaluating if there are activities that can be done with our children online. And if there are any, we will engage and we're having all of our operators, operations managers contact all the families again now to ask them if they would like to uh, take on some form of telehealth. Honestly, Shannon, if nothing else, what it does really is that it engages the child. Uh, it gives you as a parent a little bit of breathing time and it also helps the child maintain skills. And I think one of the big um, benefits is that it actually, um, for a lot of our children, 
the familiar face being able to connect with the supervisor they know, the therapist they know, people who they know and have spent a lot of time with uh, might just help calm them down like this mom suggests in her first email. Wonderful. And I, uh, I'm going to try to attempt to, uh, I've got 17 windows open here. And thank you to Michelle. I did catch the echo, but thank you because I count on you always to let me know. Um, and, and thank you. We've got many luminaries watching the show right now. We want to give shout outs to Marsha and to Ilana Gershlevitz who's watching. Um, and to Swathi, who asked us to mention that Siri um, is on Autism Parenting Magazine for this Autism Awareness Month. And her article is on page 10 of that magazine. So we want to give a big shout out for that. Bonnie wants to know, is there a way to apply an intelligence test to a six-year-old that does not have conversational speech? He only mans. Yes, definitely. There are a lot of intelligence tests that were specifically designed for hearing impaired children. And so there's no verbal instruction or verbal response required. Uh, there's many of them. I, my favorite is the lighter, but there's a lot of them. There's, a, there's at least two very, very good ones. So yes, they can do that. Okay, and Johanny wants you to know that I am loving our tel telehealth for my seven-year-old with ASD. I hope more providers will be offering this, which is really a wonderful thing. Uh, Terry says, I'm trying to sort out homeschooling. Um, that's a hard thing, but we, um, we have a bunch of, I wonder if there's a way that we can post it. Um, we have a, a page of over a hundred educational apps that are, um, a lot of them are free right now or very low cost or have at least a free version where, you, where they have pop-up ads, but you know, you weigh, you weigh what you need. Some of them are, it's a free trial for 14 days. I'm gonna see if we can um, find a way that we can post that for you guys, because we have a list that we're working up, but there are a lot of really great things. If the homes, if the, I, and, and I wanna hear from you, Dr. Grampiche too, but we're having a lot of people that say that the, the school, what the school is dishing out is not edible for their kids in terms of educational programming. But there's a lot of online curriculum, especially Khan Academy, K-H-A-N academy.org. It's all curriculum aligned, but it's, it's paced differently a lot of times. And it's from K through pre-K through um, graduate work. A lot of times that can be beneficial for our kids. Um, but Bonnie Yates was with us the other day and said, just document the hey nani nani. If the school is giving you something that isn't working, make sure that you're keeping a journal about what you've had to switch to, that you started using Khan Academy instead of what they, they were giving, um, so that later on when things are better, you can ask for remediation and ask for tutors if your child needs to be caught up, if and when that needs to be done. But Dr. Grampiche, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, thank you. And that's very good advice from Bonnie. Um, I would, there's a couple, two, two quick things. One is that I, a couple of days ago, I was going through and trying to help our clinical team develop as many uh, uh, activities, I guess, for our BTs, our behavior techs as possible. So, and as you know, Shannon, where in most cases we are, when we're funded through an insurance company or 
uh, that type of payer, we're not allowed to do academic work, right? So most of the work that we do is not academic in nature. However, our curriculum does have an academic portion. We built an academic portion that we also have a lot of school contracts. So for those of you who are on skills, you can find academic programming on that, on skills. There's a whole domain called academic and you can go in there and there's tons and tons of worksheets and activities and lessons and so on. That's first. Second, as I was looking at all these, I was trying to just find old things and I went back and I realized that back in the day, you know, when you've done this for like 30, 40 years, you have a lot of material you can count on is still somewhere. So that's <laughs> point in the past, I think probably about 20 years ago, or maybe something around there, um, I had made, we had at CARD made thousands of worksheets, thousands, literally. And uh, we ended up actually putting some of those on skills lessons, but a lot of them uh, we, we just had in binders at the various sites. And so they kind of fell to the side. I was fortunate to go back and find all of those worksheets on our servers. And so there are, there's thousands, literally maybe 10,000 worksheets. And a lot of them, or at least a third of them, maybe a quarter of them are, are academic skills. So they're reading worksheets, writing mathematics, et cetera, worksheets. And I just forwarded all of those links to our clinical team, Shannon, Dennis's team, your team. Wow said oh this was last weekend and I basically advised them which sections to look for but if you don't mind if you send an email to Cecilia or if you talk to her she has access and what they could do is they can pull all the academic stuff that we're not otherwise using for our uh, BTs and just send those to all of our families all of our viewers there's literally thousands of them so I wow. would be happy to send those over to all of our parents yeah Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for that. I would love to do that. Uh, Alana Gershlovitz wants you to know, thanks to Dr. Doreen, our families in South Africa are also doing telehealth and it's working very well. I want to encourage every parent to take the opportunity to enroll with CARD for telehealth. Thank you, Alana, because that's, we love that things are going well in South Africa. And um, did you want, I'm sorry, did you want to say something about that? Well, first of all, if you don't mind, remind me and I'll try to send worksheets to Ilana as well <laughs> so yes. that our South cohorts have them. But I did want to just say a word to all the families who are struggling with the academic stuff at home, which is don't worry. Like, honestly, at times like this, we just have to kind of pick our battles. And a lot of times, like even when under normal times, right, normal times, I would have parents come to me and they would have, let's say a child who's seven or eight years old and they're getting into second grade and academically there's a lot of pressure and the child has no time for anything else. Meanwhile, on the behavioral side or on language and social and so on, the child is struggling. So it isn't just now, over time, we often have it where there's just not enough time for everything, there's just not enough resources for everything. And we have to pick those things that are the most important. So right now, if your child, for instance, doesn't necessarily learn the math that they were supposed to this month, or they fall behind on the geography lesson that was scheduled for this month, 
don't worry as much. It's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, let's focus on the things that you can access, honestly. Uh, there are thousands of kids, you know, the superintendent of LAUSD is, is an old friend of mine, and I heard him on uh, TV today, and he was telling me also that uh, there's thousands and thousands of children across the country who are not getting any academic help at all right now. First of all, there's thousands of families who have no way to receive it. And secondly, you're not alone. A lot of people feel like the academic process online is just not working for their kids. So even in colleges, I mean, like across the board. So I think right now we all have to just accept that there's going to be, let's say, a three-month period where academically no one's going to really be making a lot of progress. So once you have that in your mind, it just takes the pressure off of one more thing you have to deal with right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you do what you can, right? That we're all learning the art of doing what you can and being, you know, satisfied. It's that sufficient unto the day thing. Now, Sophia has written in and said, good evening. I'm a pediatric OT working with children and their families on the spectrum from Greece. That's why it's evening for her. And we are in quarantine since the 13th of March with no options for one-on-one therapy. The only tool we can use right now is teletherapy. What strategies would you recommend in order to engage parents in the program of telehealth? How would it be possible to motivate them to take part? And I, and I, you know, I love hearing from the parents who are doing it, um, who are saying, you know, look, I didn't think this was going to work, but it turns out that it's, it's just fabulous. I think the more parents hear that, the more they're going to feel like, all right, I should at least give it a try, right? Because it's all there is. It's the only game in town for a lot of people. But Dr. Grampichet, what do you think about that? Well, I agree with you, Shannon, but like everything else, you know, when we ask about uh, changing a behavior, you have to ask, what is the function, right? Ah, yes. Every parent will have a different reason why they're not doing telehealth. Um, I mean, I'm sure if we go through even the questions that we receive today, we will get different reasons. There are some parents who just don't want to evoke a challenging behavior, so they'd rather not evoke, you know, produce a, a challenging behavior. There are other parents who are just too busy. There are other parents who don't think it's going to work. There are other parents who uh, just can't, don't have the equipment. I, there's different reasons. So we kind of need to one by one work through those reasons. And well, and in fact, we have a question that's about the first uh, one that you uh, listed, which this question, the honesty of this parent broke my heart. Uh, they wrote in and said, let me put my camera back on here. Um, I am interested in the whole telehealth thing, but I am also afraid. I'm just going to be honest because I know no one will know who I am. I am afraid of my child and afraid of being hit. I'm afraid they will ask me to do something that will set him off. And I am afraid he will hit me like he has done before. Am I a terrible parent? If I just let my son do what he wants during this time, uh, is, is this really something telehealth could help with? Breaks right. my heart. That's Very a, honest. That's a wonderful, wonderful question. I'm 
so glad that someone wrote that because I, first of all, you're not alone. I, there are a lot of people who are afraid and understandably so because when, uh, it, it, you know, it, what, do we, what do you do when you don't know how to manage a challenging behavior? Uh, and sometimes the, the, we have uh, children who are bigger than us, right? And that's even more scary. Uh, this is a perfect scenario where I would suggest that you, we're not talking about engaging your child right now. We're talking about engaging you. This is very perfect timing for you to get trained as a parent. So think about it. At some point, I was afraid of every child too, right? That was like 40 years ago. Then I became trained as a therapist. Then I was afraid of some kids. And the more I did it, the more I worked, it got to a point where I'm not afraid anymore. Why? Because I learned how to communicate with the children and the adults. I learned what frustrates them. I learned how to be rewarding enough so that the child can tolerate what I'm asking them to do. I learned how to uh, reduce my demands and make them very tiny demands with lots and lots of reinforcers so that I don't evoke behavior, but that's so that I am rewarding the child very gradually changing their behavior. That's called shaping. You learn these techniques um, through our parent training. And I'm, I promise you, it is like uh, a new language. You learn how to interact with your own child so that you're not afraid and that you're on a, a level playing field so that the child wants to do stuff that will get those rewards. So I really recommend that instead of trying worrying about like, oh my gosh, what if I do anything that's going to do some parent training, take this opportunity, even if you do one hour a day, that's it. It will truly change how you see behavior, how you manage behavior, how you deal with it. All of our therapists, they start out, they're young kids. They don't know what they're doing. They go through these trainings and they learn everything and then they're not afraid anymore. And the same, I mean, you will get much better at that. So, so that's where I would focus. Wonderful, wonderful advice. We've got a lot of people writing in excited about the worksheets and thrilled about the worksheets. One parent in particular is saying, uh, where can we get copies of those worksheets? Um, we're going to work out something so that we, we have a way for you guys to connect to those worksheets. And I will have more information about that to, on tomorrow's show for you. And by the way, you guys, if you haven't heard, uh, Dr. Temple Grandin is going to be live with us in this exact format tomorrow for World Autism Awareness Day. And so thrilled. And I will on that show be giving you more information about where you can get those worksheets. Nikki in particular um, is saying that she is trying her best to parent an adult uh, with regression on life skills and that she would like some worksheets having to do with uh, life skills. And, um, you know, one of the things that we haven't talked as much here um, uh, during this show is about skills and skills for living. And Nikki, yes. I, I really think that um, skills for living would be something that would really, really help you. Um, I, I also, skills has asked me to let everybody know 
uh, Dr. Grant Pichet, that they have some very special free parent training that is available to parents um, on IBT, the Institute for Behavior Training. It's ibehavioraltraining.com. And they have daily trainings on ways to help parents at home and they are free right now. So please go to ibehavioraltraining.com. Um, tell them that you want that free parent training that's specifically, you guys, designed for um, when we're in this emergency. Like, how can parents cope with this emergency? And we thank Skills and IBT for being a part of that. But Skills Living, if you go to skillsforautism.com and check out Skills Living, it is for those older kids. And it, you know, it, it does have worksheets in there for those life skill things. And Dr. Grampy, I don't know in the worksheets that you were talking about, are there things that are for life skills as well? There might be, I don't remember now, because like I said, there's so many of them, but uh, I agree with you, Shannon, that going to skills for living is a better place for, for an adult. Mm -hmm. You have uh, so many more resources, not just worksheets, but if you just go to skills for living, uh, trust me, it is very beautiful. It's a very yeah. easy site to maneuver. Um, the licensing, I don't know what they're doing with licensing right now. It might be free, it might be very low, but whatever it is, it's worth it because you'll go in there and you'll see so many ideas of what to do specifically. First of all, it's based, it's, we developed it the same as skills. So it starts with asking you a lot of questions about your child. And so it'll identify very specific things you should be working on. And it'll give you not just worksheets, but teaching points and instructional. Like it'll, you can print out individual pages that tell you how to step-by-step -step teach an adult every adaptive skill you need, every uh, household skill, chores, uh, daily living, every, you name it. It is a, it's a fantastic resource for anyone with an adult. I really, really recommend it. Yeah, it's super fabulous. Um, okay, uh, we have a bunch of questions coming in live and we had some that came in uh, via email. Wanted to address one that came in um, from Northern Ireland. Um, that we had talked to this mom uh, last week or the week before that her son had locked himself in her bedroom because of the video. She said, I just wanted to give you an update on how he's doing. From last week, he has come back to his usual self and is back to sitting with us. Northern Ireland now is in lockdown and the family is now all at home. We are getting out for a walk every day and trying to use get used to this new way of living. Last week, homeschooling went well, but this week hasn't been so good. Uh, he's getting very frustrated, and this is leading to physical aggression. Is it better to ease up on schoolwork activities, especially writing, which he finds really difficult, and just focus on doing fun things together? And she says, I'm afraid in case he loses skills during this time, but I also don't want to be faced with aggression, outburst when it comes to completing tasks. I really appreciate your advice. Excuse me, many thanks and stay safe. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you, yes. I, I would agree that you should ease up. It doesn't mean that you should completely stop. Uh, it means that you should, reduce, you should make the content easier. So let's say he's supposed to be writing, uh, I don't know, full words, now go down to single letters. Like make the content easier make the session that you're requiring it shorter. 
So you, instead of doing it for half an hour, you're now doing it for 10 minutes and increase uh, prompting, modeling and increase reinforcers. That's how you make something easy. And you don't stop it all together because coming back to it will be very difficult if, if, if at all possible, but you just reduce it and you make it so that it is in his easy set of things to do. Yeah, and can I add to that, because former school teacher here, guilty as charged, um, that and a mom of a young man who struggled with the writing thing. And um, like everything else, there are so many different components to writing that what we discovered is it's really important to know what is the aversive part of writing because, well, right. Yeah. Um, but there are all these different, like, if you think about it, part of writing is your fine motor skills and being able to grasp whatever the thing is. Well, that can be worked on separately without writing. That's super fun. You go to Pinterest and find all the OT exercises to develop pincer grasp is what you want to look for. Right. Um, but it could be that their, uh, their eyes are having trouble focusing as they write the pencil. And that was certainly something that my son was having. And there are a bunch of eye exercises in skills um, in the, the ocular motility um, portion of skills that you can work on eye exercises that help them to read and to track when they're writing. For some kids, it's the connection between the brain and the hand and what they're thinking. They can't get their hand to move fast enough, but they prefer keyboarding, right? For other kids, it's that they don't know how to get the thought into a sentence. Like one of the things that we did with our son was we had one of those magnetic boards that it was like for writing poetry on your refrigerator, but it had all these words and he could take the little magnets and he could make a sentence and then we could change it with him and go, what if we put it this way? And he learned syntax from using magnets because we took the hand portion out of it. So there are so many different ways to work on shoring up the writing skill without working on writing. I just, I just want to throw that out there. There are a lot of, like you can build up the whole hand thing so much yeah. easier, not in writing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Those are great points, Shannon. And I'm really glad there's, a, you know, it goes to the point of uh, just reminding everyone and that every child is very unique and not yeah. just bothers them, but also what their abilities are. And uh, so many times I've seen children who have difficulty with something and we're trying to figure out what it is and we're pushing it and pushing it. And we realize, oh, it's something entirely different than what we thought. Like yeah. the binocularity issue that you brought up, the being able to focus both eyes on a moving target. It's so hard for so many children. The distance is so hard for so many children. The distance of the stimulus to the eyes. There's so many things like that. We just don't think about them because they all develop naturally for us. Right. But for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, okay. We had another question that was written into us um, and it was a parent who's very grateful. We are doing for our card parents. We're having a, a daily webinar with them. And she wrote in to say that she's really glad for the webinar, but her son is banging his head and it has increased. They are a card parent. It has increased since their clinic has closed and now things have gone back to the home. She says, we have his therapist come to our house and I have seen increased behavior such as head banging, scratching and biting. 
And she asked two questions and I, and I, we've been working on this separately, but I also wanted to discuss it with you. She's asked, how can we continue our home sessions? And we we're working that out for her, but she also wants some advice from you about what can be done to stop the behavior, because I don't think um, that currently what we're doing is working. And I, and I, I know that you've said before on the show that it, everybody is likely seeing an increase of some behavior, right? Um, but when it's something that's a headbanging, it's a particular concern. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you are you are receiving in-home services, I would really uh, reach out right now to your supervising clinician, so your BCBA. Uh, this is the exact kind of thing that should be done through if you when the therapist is there, the BCBA should be calling in. Skyping in or uh, zooming in and uh, looking and determining what the function is and giving you a game plan. That is really, really important. We do not want to be evoking behaviors and then leaving. So uh, your BCBA needs to get see that, see when it's happening. Absolutely. And, and we've been work, re- working to help her to get more support in the home. Uh, I got a particularly poignant one here. I'm so exhausted and overwhelmed and I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I have three boys on the spectrum and normally I have a ton of help and they have a ton of activities. That has all stopped and it is just me with them. I need to be teacher, therapist, OT and cook and maid. Um, Oh, they want, Trayvon wants me to put my video on. Sorry, Trayvon. I need to be cook, uh, maid and all the things. If you could just tell me something I could do with them to occupy them while I heat food. Praise God for you being here and speaking hope to all of us in this mess. And I'm sending this mom a hug. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you are with us. If you are with CARD, then obviously we will pour the support into your home. We will bring therapists and and a whole army of, of clinicians to help you. But if you're not with us, I think what you need to do is, uh, you know, maybe if you had a provider pri- previously, you want to reach out to them and see if you can get services from them. We are also taking new patients right now, by the way. So depending on where you are, and if your provider is not providing help, we are doing intakes right now. We're taking on a lot of families, and because we have other families who did not feel comfortable with therapists in their homes. Uh, we have openings. So, you know, if you want, you can also contact us. But if you are really uh, not able to get help right now, uh, I would suggest that the first thing you do is establish, uh, just sit down and write a a schedule, uh, like a little routine that you'd like for the whole group to, to be able to engage in. Let's say I wake up, I do this, so on and so forth. And then what you do is you find activities that they can do uh, without our guidance or supervision. Those activities might be, uh, let them play on an iPad, let them uh, watch TV, uh, let them run around outside, uh, let them, uh, you know, just uh, mess around with paints and do some sort of craft somewhere inside. Uh, These are all different, or let them do worksheets when we send you worksheets, if they're interested in that. Whatever is a reinforcing activity that the the children can engage in, 
all you need to do is make it happen on a schedule. So for instance, when you need to heat up food, that will be the time that you will set all three down and say, this is what you're doing right now uh, for half an hour. Uh, and uh, obviously we will send you or we'll make sure you have access to all the kind of self-guided materials we have. But there's also things at home that kids might be engaged with, like puzzles, for instance, or, you know, there's independent activities like that that might be able to help your children. I think the issue with having three is that when one is engaged, you're probably engaging the other. When two are engaged, you're still busy with the third, that kind of thing. And if you can get them all on one schedule, so the schedule is, for instance, we get up, we all get ready together, we all have breakfast, as chaotic as it is, we all do it together. Uh, then we have one hour where you guys are watching TV and I'm doing this, that kind of thing. You're still keeping an eye on them, but at least they're engaged otherwise. And, and that's making a lot of assumptions about their functioning level. So forgive me ahead of time if uh, any of you don't relate because uh, you, know, you can't even have your child watching TV, for instance. Yeah, um, but there are there are some amazing things that are available. I keep talking about PBS. PBS is doing a great job during this emergency. It's different in every city here in Los Angeles. They, we have, uh, I think it's four PBS channels and they got together and they divvied it up and they have a different age range playing on each PBS channel that's curriculum aligned um, videos that are playing that are super fun. And then you can go online and get like something experiential to do along with them. Uh, really got to give a shout out to PBS that they're they're really doing a great job as they should be in this emergency, right? The public broadcasting system. Of course, they would do that. Um, Francesca is wanting to know when is Camp Discovery going to be um, live? And so while you were talking, I went to see, I don't have it on my phone. And so I went um, to get it and it downloaded on my phone. It's live right now. I know that they were going to be working on some upgrades on it. Um, so if there was a time, Francesca, that you were trying to get it, yeah, it's it's playing on my phone right now. Uh, if you were trying to get it, it might have been that they were updating, but try again. And if not, anybody can write to me if you're having any specific, uh, and I can ferry, uh, ferry that off to the Camp Discovery folks, you can write to me at s.penrod at autism hyphen live.com because the camp discovery for those of you who don't know super fabulous if you have language learners free app um and it it teaches language uh different um what's the word that i want uh what's teaching language uh the, what's what's the when you call it the each individual thing it's what's a bcba that? word um that i don't ever use <laughs> so like uh Oh, it's going to come to me in my sleep tonight. And it's a ridiculous. So then I'll talk while you think about it. Okay. You these are all individualized programs and they are both receptive and expressive in format. And they have a lot of things that are, and it is live. I just got, I just downloaded it. It is, if you go on, uh, if you have a phone, an iPhone uh, or an Android, it doesn't matter. And you go on your app uh, store it's called Camp Discovery for Autism, and it is made by Pixelation Labs. That's us. 
So basically, you'll have a lot of different options. The thing about Camp Discovery that I want everybody to know is that we built it with a discrete trial format. So it essentially has discrete trials. It starts with mass trials. It goes into random rotation. It has distractors. It's exactly what your therapist would be doing. Um, it's very useful for the first, I guess, 50 or so lessons. I, I thought of the word I couldn't think of, exemplars. Uh, it's, it's a word that we don't use, but it, it's all these different targets that are language targets. It's wildly effective. It's super fun. The kids do not know that they're playing something educational. They think it's a break from therapy. So it's fabulous. And if you are a card patient, there is a way to link your what they do in the iPad to their skills account so it can track the progress that they make, which is truly fabulous. Uh, okay, I have another question here. Somebody says, thank you to CARD. Our services have continued both in-home and on telehealth. I wasn't sure about the telehealth, but it has been incredible. My question, my other son is jealous when my son with ASD is on telehealth with his CARD therapist. He cries and doesn't understand why he doesn't get to be there. Is there anything they can do occasionally to include him? He is three and doesn't have a diagnosis. All right, if that doesn't speak well of how uh, teletherapy is, I don't know what does. Can they include him in any way, Dr. Grampichet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have uh, what you're offering is a typically developing peer. So that's a wonderful thing. And please tell the supervisor of the case so that they can also put in some social programming that can be done with the two of them. And, and of course, we, we absolutely want to always also engage uh, the, the siblings, whoever we can to, to bring about social behavior. Wonderful. I, I'm noticing we get so much, through so many more questions when we don't have commercial breaks, which yeah. is crazy, right? I like I, that. It's very interesting to me. Okay. So I, this has been cut off on my printing, but I'm going to see if, um, okay. My eight-year-old is struggling with why we can't be outside. He mans for grass. Uh, and I know uh, Temple, or excuse me, uh, Traven is asking me to please put my, my camera on, but Traven, I am remedial here. Okay, my eight-year-old is struggling with why we can't be outside. He mans for grass. And I have heard that from another parent as well. Um, it is breaking my heart. We live in an apartment building and normally uh, go to the park each day. The parks are closed. I have a friend who offered to let him play in her backyard, but I don't think we can even do that now. My husband is presumed positive, but can't be tested. I don't want to put anybody at risk. I'm keeping my son and I separate from my husband, which is hard enough, but the grass, and that's where it's been cut off. But I know that they were asking for, how do you explain this um, to an eight-year-old that, no, we can't go see daddy in the other room. No, we can't go outside. No, we can't go yeah. to the park. What can we potentially do for this poor baby yeah. and this poor mom? It's so difficult. It is, you know, and all of our kids have different levels of understanding. So it's very difficult to be able to explain to them. Uh, we do have, we have developed a package, Shannon. I know uh, you know about this. I don't know if we've distributed it yet about how to tell our kids about uh, this virus. Uh, but the, I'll pause. Did you want to say something, Shannon? I, I don't know anything about that, but that sounds absolutely fabulous. I'm, I must not have been at that meeting. I'm excited. 
Oh, well, I sent that material, I think, to the clinical team about two weeks ago. And uh, Cecilia uh, mentioned that they had the first part of that material that I sent was that. How do I discuss uh, COVID-19 with my child? So that material also exists. And Cecilia mentioned to me that it is done. So we need to distribute that um, widely. Uh, in fact, as I'm talking to the parents, and you know next week, Shannon, we're going to be talking a lot more to parents. Uh, yes. I'm a list of, uh, we somehow need to produce a location where we can distribute things to families readily, because we do have a lot of material we should be sharing with the families right now. Uh, going back to the grass issue, uh, I would ask if uh, the, fam the parents to identify what it is about uh, the park uh, and try to replicate those features, if not the actual ex uh, complete experience. So for instance, uh, is it the texture of the grass that your child enjoys? If that's the case, uh, I don't know, can you get your hands on some turf? Uh, if you can, you could actually, honestly, if you can order some turf, it'll come to your door, uh, take a room and turn it into a park. Um, you know, uh, put the turf on the ground, even if you can't, uh, do the other things that are similar, like maybe paint the walls with your child so that there's flowers and uh, things that resemble a park. Uh, is it a playground equipment that he's missing? If that's the case, maybe you can, uh, you know, with assistance, of course, try to set up a, uh, like a, a little, um, what are they called? Like, you know, like a in-home jumping gym type thing using uh, boxes and uh, chairs where he would, an obstacle course, that's the word yes. I was looking for. An obstacle course where you do it in a room where he can get to go in and out of things. Try to figure out what it is about the park that it, he's missing so much and bring that about somehow uh, to some extent for him in the house. And also, you know, like everything else, I think it's a matter of being able to like give our children uh, a distraction, something that will take their mind off of the thing that they're focused on. And, and you can replace any kind of obsession with something that is more reinforcing. So if you can try to find a distractor that is perhaps in a different way reinforcing, that'll work too. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm loving, what I see online are parents who, okay, here's the perfect example. I have a friend who has seven children. And, and I said to her, good heavens, how, how do you manage with seven children? And she said to me, well, at a certain point, you let go of the idea that your floor is going to be clean and you let go of the fact that you're not going to have fancy art books on your coffee table, right? You just get your house ready to have seven children and, and, and have them be home all the time. And I'm seeing parents online who are like struggle, 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 but then they stop for a second and go, okay, when I was a kid and I didn't have an iPad and if you had an iPad as a kid, because I know a lot of you are <laughs> younger, but like call an older relative in your family and say, what did you do to play as a kid? And I will tell you, because I remember when we would have blizzards and we would be snowed in and we would take the cushions off the couch and we would, you know, I do not 
recommend this, but we would take them and, and use them as toboggans to go down the stairs. Do not do that with your kiddos, right? But we would build pillow forts and blanket forts and we would have treasure hunts and we would turn the living room into an obstacle course. And the parents that I think are, are having the, the most peace of mind right now and their kids are having the most fun are the ones who say, rule book gone, what can we do? Let's have some fun. Let's not, let's not worry about everything else, but let's just have and create a home in which, so, you know, he's loved the rules in the park. Like you were saying, I, I just got this visual, Dr. Grampuchet, of even if you can't get turf, they make, um, I know because I had to order it for a Minecraft birthday party, they make tablecloths that are like fake brass. There and they're go. not even that expensive, right? And you could get a tablecloth for a Minecraft party, put it on the, the floor and say, we're going to play park now and make your child participate. What else do we need for the park? And I can picture, I want to see pictures of people doing this. It'd That's be right. fun, 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 fun. All right. We are out of time as much as I hate this, but Dr. Grampiche did mention, and I want you guys to know this that we are expanding our programming next week. Next week is very special because it is Card Spirit Week at Card. And it, it's a week where all of us who have anything to do with Card, whether it's the kiddos, the fam, their families, the therapists, the clinicians, the office workers, we all celebrate getting to be Cardians. We celebrate our, our founder, because it is Dr. Grampuche's birthday um, during during that week. I think your birthday is actually on the weekend. Is that true? No, it's on the Friday of next week. It's yeah. your, of next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so um, so we celebrate her and we celebrate getting to be a part of this community that has decided that easy will no longer suffice. That is who we yeah. are. And that's a very great place to be. I can tell you it's an exciting way to look at the world. So we wanted to share that with all of you at home. So we're adding an extra hour of Autism Live every day with Dr. Grand Pichet. We're gonna be showcasing some of the people that we think are remarkable and wonderful. So we will be here for regular programming all next week at our, this time from 10 to 11, but we will be back every afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific time with Dr. Grampichet with some amazing stories about some amazing people. I get chills thinking about it. So, but don't forget uh, that, and thank you so much for being here with us, Dr. Grampichet. And we will look forward to that. Don't forget that tomorrow is World Autism Awareness Day. That is the day that is created by the United Nations to bring awareness in all worlds. That is not canceled. We are gonna be here on Autism Live with Dr. Temple Grandin live picture and sound, supposedly, keep your fingers crossed. Um, but she will be here to answer your questions. I couldn't be more excited about that. Dr. Grampuche, thank you so much again. We will look forward to spending more time with you all of next week. And uh, I want to say to all of, our, all of you who are watching, thank you for spending this time with us. We're going to get through this. You say puede, right? We can do it. Uh, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Bye-bye for now.